Welcome to Cure Chronic, a place where we have deep conversations and hear amazing stories about chronic disease and more. Here's your host, Becky Gale. All right, and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am super excited to announce a lovely guest coming from all the way California. This is Rachel. Rachel, why don't you go ahead and tell us your story? Hi. Um, well, in um, 2019, I started to show symptoms of multiple sclerosis. Um, It started happening in September of that year and didn't really think anything of it started, you know, with something small, just like a headache and then um, went on for about a month. Um, And then some eye pain and then which significantly got worse, leading to pretty much the loss of vision in my left eye. Um, and it was, it was kind of crazy. Actually, I was talking to a friend of mine who, um, is already diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and had been for about six years. And we're just hanging out. And I happened to just be telling about this, this pain in my eye um, and what was going on. And she was, you know, kind of like not to freak you out, but that was kind of my early signs when I, uh, you know, was finding out I had MS, but, um, you know, again, didn't really think anything of it. Um, just thought, what are the odds of that? Right. (laughs) So, um, about a month later, I ended up going to an eye doctor, you know, I hadn't been in a few years. I'm thinking like, maybe I just need to get my vision checked. Mm -hmm. It's been a a while, late twenties. That's probably all it is called the eye doctor and explained what was going on. And they're like, yeah, you actually need to get in here right away. Um, we need to get you checked out. (laughs) So, um, it was just crazy how it was so fast tracked. Um, and you know, from my whole diagnosis. So from there I, um, ended up seeing an ophthalmologist, um, and they, they diagnosed me with optic neuritis, which is an early, um, sign of multiple sclerosis, but also has a chance of being its own thing and, you know, can kind of go away and, um, so, you know, MS was brought up right then and there, just <laughs> in the doctor's office, one thing led to another and it's seeing a neurologist. And so it, my, um, my story with MS just happened pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, although it probably had started several years before my actual, um, diagnosis, which was a result of a flare up that was significant enough for me to, you know, need to see, see care, which luckily I was, uh, in, in great care of being able to get diagnosed early on and um, get the right testing done, MRIs, spinal tap, <laughs> as fun as that was. Um, mm. So uh, here we are. I've been, you know, about a year and a half or so with MS. Um, I've over the this time, I've really learned, um, or I think I've been learning to to live with it. Um, you know, I have my days where MS does kind of take control and, um, my symptoms, you know, more or less are taking control of my body physically and and mentally. So, um, but then at the end of the day, I think for the most part, I've learned how to, um, not let it control me. You know, I have MS, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have me at the same time. So, um, how to be positive. And I I have to say joining social media and and finding a group on Instagram, uh, fellow MS warriors and autoimmune um, individuals in general, um, and just anyone with a a chronic disease and just struggling to kind of 
live, you know, the normal life maybe, but others haven't that they once had. And so um, it's, it's been a journey, certainly. Um, I feel like that's been great to have that community. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a disease where it's, it's certainly different for everybody. Um, it's, it's especially hard as well because it's an invisible di- an illness that, yeah. um, you know, you don't always see what's going on on the outside. Um, so that's been, I think one of my biggest struggles with it is just being able to, um, kind of deal with my pain, but also, um, be able to at times just have to use my voice and and seek out, you know, um, the help or share my story like I am now, which is, which is especially helpful. So, um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. It's... (sighs) I I have Crohn's disease. And so I know what you mean by having an invisible illness, especially when it comes to not being able to see, see your pain and, and nobody knows how, how much you're struggling. And then they come out with the whole, Oh, well, you don't look sick kind of thing. And that's just, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Like, thank you. Um, am I, am I fooling everyone and and pulling it off well, or, um, especially, you know, being younger, um, Mm -hmm as it is, people think, oh, well, you're young, you look healthy, you know, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, and which is hard as well, when people say, um, well, other people probably have it harder than you, you know, which mm. just from the overall, uh, you know, picture of a disability and, and how, you know, people um, categorize what, you know, it should look like and at, at all, you know, different forms and mm-hmm. levels. Uh, so that's, that's honestly the, the worst, like when people compare you to other people or people compare, like I, somebody said to me the other day, so I was having a conversation, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of buying a house right now. And, and it, the stress has just seriously screwed with my, my Crohn's disease. And, um, but somebody else is going through something else and it's a little bit more stressful than, but it's all, it's not comparable. Like, I mean, you're dealing with what you're dealing with and I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with. And they said to me, like, could you even imagine how sick you would be if you were doing what I'm doing? And I was like, no, like maybe I'd be fine. Cause that's not going to stress me out. I don't know. Like, come on. People are just so rude sometimes, but anyways, I digress. <laughs> I just, the compare, the, the comparing game is so rude. It's just, it's unreal. And, and ugh, especially when it comes yeah. to invisible illness. Absolutely. Side note, I'm selling my house right now. So on the flip side, I know the stress of just like, <laughs> Hey, sucks. we're in the same boat. <laughs> Let's not compare. Let's just say it sucks on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that, yeah, that, that stress, which is what, yeah. Another topic of the whole thing, but yeah, no. Um, so Rachel, what do you think has been the hardest thing that you had to go through since 2019 when you were diagnosed or even before or during? Um, I think for me, one of the hardest was deciding on starting treatment. Mm. Um, just because, you know, I don't know, it, it sounds odd for me to say this, but, um, just feeling like I hadn't put anything like what felt like drugs and chemicals like that into my body and here, like, how do I, this feels like a real life-changing decision, although I've had something life-changing happen to my body. Um, and so just, just figuring that out, you know, 
learning, I really had to do my research and um, kind of educate myself. I, I did start with a neurologist who I felt like was just kind of pushing uh, his drug of choice on me mm. without really understanding more about my, the disease specifically for, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up getting a second opinion and Good. going to UCSF um, in San Francisco and um, seeing, getting much better care. And, um, you know, based on where I have my lesions, um, it was recommended, you know, she really strong, strongly encouraged um, getting on treatment, something that was more aggressive, um, a disease modifying therapy to, you know, slow down the progression. So that was just a hard choice. And um, I ultimately did end up going for it. So I, I've been on infusion therapy um, since July of last year, 2020. Um, and then, you know, add on starting treatment during a pandemic and, and um, going through the, the whole process of weakening my immune system. Um, but overall, just learning, you know, to take care of, of my health, whatever that looks like for me. Um, mm-hmm. And so far, it, you know, it's been good. I, um, in January of this year, I went back um, to get my MRI. So it had been 15 months since then. And there were no new lesions. So um, good signs of just how things have been, whether treatment it is helping or not. um, I like to think so, um, just in general. And um, we'll see. The part of that too, I think that's been hard is um, I'm married and my husband and I just family planning. So that, you know, put a, put a delay on, on those plans and mm-hmm. um, all of that, which can be the frustrating thing of getting, you know, an illness like that. Any chronic, you know, just how, do, how do I navigate life now? Is this something I still want? And, you know, mm-hmm. what does that look like? So, but yeah, here we are. And just uh, keep forward thinking and just knowing that I've, you know, got things started, I can, we can get back to that. And um. yeah, definitely. Well, I'm happy that you were able to go and talk kind of touching back backwards on your story a little bit, but I'm happy that you were able to go and find um, a second doctor with, to get a second opinion, because a lot of people, and like, I'm here to blame on this one, you know, they'll trust that first doctor because it's like that white coat syndrome where you just believe everything your doctor says. And so, you know, I think you're kind of lucky in that regard that you actually did go out and get a second opinion and, and you were able to find a treatment that maybe was a bit more aggressive, but that worked better for you. But also it sounds like you trust your second doctor a little bit more than the first doctor too. Absolutely. Yeah. You're so spot on. And, um, it is hard, you know, just trying to make that, there is that trust, you know, you have this, mm-hmm. this doctor, the specialist that, um, is there to kind of lead you in the direction, just having that. And, um, yeah, definitely learn just having to be your own advocate in this. And, mm-hmm. um, again, back to having a community of, of people, um, that can relate, you know, and just, get some, some thoughts and feedback and just even the support of knowing been there, you know, and yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and 
having that community and that support. I mean, I know, I know quite a few people actually with MS that have been on the podcast and that are super huge advocates on, on Instagram, for example. And, you know, even the, like for my disease, like Crohn's disease, there's so it's such an amazing community on Instagram for people with chronic illness. And I'm just, you know, I'm so happy that that's there for people like you that are newly diagnosed or people who like are me, people like me <laughs> that are able to help other people who have had the disease for a long, longer period of time. So that's really cool. So what do you think, kind of on the flip side of my first question there, what do you think has been the best thing to come from all of this? If there hopefully is something. Definitely. No, there are. And I, you know, I do try to look on, on the positives and, and having that outlook, certainly. Um, I think just realizing um, that I am stronger than I, than I realized, that, that I, um, in, in, instead of having the mindset, which is, is totally fair and happen, you know, that why is this happening to me? Just kind of like, okay, how can I um, just, you know, use my strength and, and take control of this best I can. And, um, you know, that's been a big change in myself because I feel like I, I wasn't always like that. And, um, mm -hmm. having that realizing as well, the support that I have with my family and my friends and just the extended support, mm -hmm. um, out there as well. Um, being able to get involved has been just more, um, more meaningful to me, I suppose, as well, just helping others and um, awareness with MS is something that, you know, brings me joy in the sense that I can talk to others about it and, have, you know, whether they have MS and are diagnosed or just have nothing, you know, have no idea what it is. Um, getting involved with walk MS. Um, mm -hmm. this is my second year doing that. And so, you know, something, you know, just that as well, um, has been, have been all positives and, um, you know, things I continue to do and, um, starting my, you know, starting even just, you know, an Instagram page where I can kind of my own little way of having an outlet and just feel more open, um, about just my life with MS and, and what it's like now. And, um, I, you know, it's been, it's been great to have that outlet as well. And, um, again, that's where I've really learned that, that support system that I do have in my life, which I think makes the whole outlook, uh, you know, in life just that much better. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're so right on that regard and regard, like, when you have support and you have people that understand what you're going through and understand that validation and, and can say to you, Oh my gosh, I've been through this too. I know how exactly, exactly how you feel. It just, it makes your life just a little bit more like easier. I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's exciting too, that you're becoming a bit of an, like an advocate for MS as well. Um, you know, doing those walks and getting connected with the community and like creating more of a support system too, because it's kind of what I'm doing for this podcast is, you know, creating more awareness and understanding towards the diseases in the world, because I'm so sick and tired of people telling me that, oh, but you don't look sick or something mm -hmm. along those lines, because 
we don't know what's going on in the inside of other people. And there's just so many people that have the disease. I know there's a crazy statistic and maybe, you know, this about MS, but it's in Canada where I live. Um, there's like one in every 160 people that has Crohn's disease, which is a stupid high number, I think. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's still not well known across Canada boggles my mind. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. If you can go back in time and tell your younger self something, what would that be? Um, you know, looking back, I definitely would let, and I would like to tell myself this too, but definitely, you know, just maybe, um, worrying less, um, you know, maybe just not taking things so seriously. Um, I'm not, not that this is why I have MS, but certainly I think that some of the stress and situations and um, things in life, the way I handle maybe things and all of that. Um, stressful stuff can contribute to my overall health. And so um, worry less. Um, I think I always wanted to, and I'm learning a lot about this now that I'm almost 31 that like, you know, I don't have to plan everything out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool to just let go of the flow as well. And um, taking a step back a bit more and, um, enjoying things. So trying to make now some of those changes and, um, learn how to just, you know, live a bit more, um, having more fun. And I think, you know, I have to say not to bring up the, you know, pandemic, like we all do, but, um, that just has put a lot of perspective as well on, on life now and how we just have to enjoy it. So yeah. A hundred percent. I I'm like you, if I stress out too much, I get really sick. Like my Crohn's disease because of this stupid house situation is not very good, but Mm -hmm. I, you know, de-stressing. And just like you say, I mean, like life does not eat you. I remember when I was like 21, 22 and I was like, Oh, by the time I'm 30, I'm going to be married, have a house and some children was that a lie? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Talk about flipping your world upside down. And so letting go of those plans and, you know, I I'm like, you now. I just, I try to live as much as I can day by day. And, you know, it is what it will be sort of thing. And I hate to be so cliche, but YOLO, you only live once. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Totally. You know, because you're right. I mean, like, especially with this pandemic, I mean, like you can get the, it's, this pandemic has just been crazy to put everything into perspective because you never know if you're going to have it tomorrow. And I think that, especially for me, when I was younger, I mean, I used to need to plan things out and need to have everything just so, and need to have like, blah, blah, blah. This is how it's going to be. And this is, blah, blah, blah. and nowadays if I screw something up or if I miss an appointment or if I do something, it's like, eh, whatever. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll do better yeah. next time. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. It's all good, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Peace out. Peace, love, whatever it is. Um, yeah. so what, what treatment are you on then right now that really helps you or that you're so, hoping is really helping you? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's been interesting. The whole, that whole thing and learning insurance is fun. Um, I mm. started on retention and um, now because of insurance stuff, um, I've on, I've been switched to Ruxian. So it's the same, they say biosimilar, I think it is. Mm-hmm. 
still, try, you know, trying to remember and learn all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, so infusion therapy and, um, I go every six months to have that done. That's not terrible that it's once every six months. So how, how, how long do you stay at the infusion for? Is it like over a couple of hours or? Yes. Um, it's about five hours. Okay. At the, yeah, at the infusion center, which is also in UCSF. So, um, I travel about five hours from where I live to get, get there. So, you know, it's an adventure every six months. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> a little outing, like might as well go shopping, like go for a nice lunch somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do you do anything else apart from just your treatments to help you with your MS, like anything holistically or anything like that? Yeah, I definitely try my best to eat well. Um, sticking generally with more of like a Mediterranean diet, um, kind of more more fruits and veggies and, you know, kind of balance with, um, you know, fish and chicken and meat and stuff like that. Um, so I, I have found that gives me, you know, more energy. And then that with some, I, I feel like I should always be doing more exercise <laughs> to be honest, Aren't but even all? just, yes. <laughs> so, uh, but stretching, um, I try to do that, especially I feel like with my body, I get like really bad spasticity. If I go a while without stretching, I sit a lot between, um, you know, commuting to work and then being at work. I'm usually at a desk sitting most of the day. So, um, trying to move my body and, um, that kind of stuff. And then, you know, yeah, I feel the same way with stretching. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, I have, two dogs so they keep me active you know try to keep them out and um yeah I feel like winter's hard because you know cold is not not the best so you know Mm -hmm. I'd rather stay inside (laughs) yeah I know it's a lot easier when it's warmer outside to go and play and whatever what kind of dogs do you have I just got a new puppy he's a labradoodle he's two weeks two months old (laughs) I love labradoodles Oh, so cute. Um, I have a chocolate lab red nose pit. Um, she's 11 and then a blue nose pit. He is about five. So that's so cute. I'm a big dog lover, obviously. (laughs) That's so awesome. But yeah, they keep, I know they have such big hearts and, and like, you know, I just feel like dogs when you're sick, just make life so much better. They're like their own medicine in their own way definitely <laughs> yeah and then keep you active and then they play with you and then they're endorphin whatever it is like dogs mm-hmm. are just great I feel like animals yeah. are just great to have when you have a disease <laughs> yep yeah they're the best medicine for mm-hmm. the soul. yeah <laughs> that's awesome so Rachel we're just about at time here but um did you have any advice or anything that you wanted to say to my listeners before we get going Um, you know, I would say for those that especially are newly diagnosed, um, to, um, listen, listen to your body as hard as it it can be. Um, and do your research. Like I said, be your own advocate. Sometimes that is just how we have to do it. And, um, but also, you know, 
um, just know that you you have support and um, there there are ways for um, taking care of yourself. Um, everybody has a different way, and I say you know finding what is best for you um, is important. And um, yeah, I, I'm always here. I have. Uh, my Instagram, I'm always happy to, to chat at msrach with an underscore between the MS and the Rach. Um, and yeah, just, just know it'll, it'll, it'll always get better and um, know there's support, definitely. I've also, um, you know, information out there, just learning more about the disease has been helpful for me as mm -hmm. well. And, and autoimmune diseases in general, just having a, an understanding, even though there is no cure. Um, and of course, hopefully one day uh, sooner than later, we do have one, but um, just understanding it um, has helped me just that education. So I recommend, um, recommend that as well. There's some great books um, mm -hmm. out there and um, podcasts as well. Um, and I, I just thank you, Becky, as well for having me on. It's been yeah. great to, to connect with you and um, chat definitely. And um, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It. Absolutely. Well, I just want to say one thing before we get going is you said something about listening to your body and man, do I need to start doing that right now? <laughs> Just That's also that stress. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Just like, what do you need? Tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Exactly. You know what I've learned to embrace definitely are those rest days. Don't mm -hmm. don't beat yourself up when you need them. Um, mm -hmm. I know it's hard, to, especially when there's a lot going on, and like you feel like there's definitely things to get done. Um, yeah. Take I this, know self-care moments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even if they seem like there there's too many at once, like there's obviously a reason that your body needs it sort of thing. So I know I'm terrible for that. It's like, go rest. It's like, but I got to go do stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. Awesome, Rachel. Well, I just want to thank you so much for all your time and all your advice and being vulnerable, telling your story. And we will definitely have your Instagram tag in the podcast description as well. But is there any other way that our listeners can get in touch with you? Um, like I said, the Instagram page, again, it's MS underscore, it's two underscores, Rach. Perfect. Um, and yeah, I'm happy as well. Um, you can reach out through messaging on there. DM me. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Whatever the kids say. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the kids I'm like you, I'm turning 32 this year and I'm like, please stop, stop aging now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. <clears throat> awesome. Okay. Well, we will definitely have all of your, your, Instagram handle on the podcast description as well for people to go and DM you and all that fun stuff. So thank you so much again, Rachel. And uh, we'll probably hopefully have you back on the show. Maybe we can just have a session of just talking how amazing dogs are because I'd be totally up for that. <laughs> Totally down. Definitely, you know, need to swap some picks. some dance. Oh, yes. you know, so yeah, in. Here. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd love to. Thanks again, Becky. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our lovely listeners, that's all for this episode. And Rachel and I will catch you on the flip side, probably walking our dogs. <laughs>